and welcome to the Just Me podcast, produced in association with the Armory. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin Diodato. I'm another one, Andy Fitch. And unfortunately, Jamie will not be joining us this evening, but instead, we have a wonderful guest. But before we get into our guest, Andy, can you explain to us why we're here in the universe? No, but our guest might be able to. <laughs> uh, today, our guest is... Uh, we have a guest on the show to talk about something that's unique to them, and our guest this week uh, is the... Uh, actor, uh, improviser, comedian extraordinaire, Brendan Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello. I, I was going to use force of nature <laughs> oh, yeah. to describe it. That's usually people just describe my hair that way. Yeah, yeah that also applies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm so excited to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming. Yeah, this is just me. Uh, yeah. So, so let's let's get right into it. To tell it, we usually let the guest introduce what their just me thing is because frequently we have a hard time phrasing it as well as they will. So okay, so go for it. Sure thing. Uh, so I specifically wanted to talk about a science fiction series written by the author Dan Simmons. Um, he wrote the first two of a four book series in the eighties and hmm. uh, received critical acclaim for them. Really. Uh, acknowledged as some of the best science fiction books of that time. Uh, wait, um, just because I'm confused because I thought um, Shakespeare, um, Stephen King, and uh, David Patterson were the only authors. Uh, Are there? They, well, they're, they're like the A class. They're, okay. the, they're the varsity. So I guess Dan Simmons would technically be on the junior varsity. Okay. If, if Dan Simmons hears this, I'm going to... I'm never going to meet him. He's going to always <laughs> think I'm a real jackass. But well, he's definitely going to hear this. So just 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 know that he's definitely going to hear this. I well, I consider him varsity. All right, how about okay. that? All yeah. right, he's on my varsity <laughs> team. Um, but no, there is there are other authors, incredibly, okay. and I mean, also, I mean, we got Tolkien, we got J.K. No, that's Rowling. true. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's yeah. fair. I just I just assume that every author wrote in the. Like military fiction, Tom Clancy. <laughs> Tom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, apparently there are others. So by all means, continue and <laughs> explain the... about this author that you made up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Dan uh, Dan Jimmons. I'm sorry, Simmons. Uh, Crimmins. Uh, Dan, Dan Simmons uh, wrote this apart. science. Yeah, wrote this uh, science fiction series called the Hyperion series. And um, the the reason I want to talk about it is because the overarching philosophy that you come to uh, in the book, like the heart of the book, is that empathy and love, which are really powerful, distinct human traits. That's sort of like how humanity in the book distinguishes itself from the machines, mm. uh, is that they, lo- they love. They have the capacity to love and have that unique experience of like falling in love and experiencing love for their family and their relatives and their, their children. Uh, love is an actual force in the universe. In the universe, like uh, he calls it, the universe. Uh, the universe, <laughs> like gravity, like light, like sound waves, like things that science. You know, today scientists are trying to figure out the speed of light and time travel and all that. Love is a similar force, and we don't think of it that way. Mm. And even in the book, which is set like eight hundred years in the future, no one thinks of it that way. You know, they understand love and what it is, but there is a sort of a rebirth of humanism in the sense that love is this like uh, powerful force that can be used to connect to all of the species, all of the entities that exist in the universe. And so you, a- could, you could make love guns? <laughs> or not? I guess not. <laughs> I, I love... I <laughs> that's a perfect... That's a perfect like... Uh, knock the house of cards down of, yep. the, of the science fiction stuff of the Sorry. science fiction. No, 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 that's a perfect thing. I love God. I mean, in no, actually, 
what's crazy about the philosophy is that when you um, open yourself to it and adapt it, and it's 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 interesting. They actually um, drink of this uh, woman's blood, similar to like Jesus Christ did mm. in communion. And it turns out that Jesus Christ was one of the first humans to experience this power, like the ability to uh, go into like the they call it the void which binds. Mm. Um, and uh, Jesus Christ had that same power, and so that's why when he did communion, he was giving his disciples that same ability. Oh, okay. Yeah, he. That's what thing, and they ha- and you have like the language of the the dead, the language of the living, the music of the spheres, and then taking the first step, which I always thought is like the coolest. Like the fourth step is like just take the first step, and the people that hear it are like you read it and you're like, what, what does that mean? What's that? You know what's I mean? It's sort of intentionally vague. It's like what does that mean to take the first step? Is it like a leap of faith? Do you have to believe in it? It you know it's a little, it's science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's a little sci-fi-y. Um, but I think what's so beautiful about it is that my personal life philosophy has to do with, like, spheres and, like, our own personal space and, like, energy bubbles in a way that we all sort of float around in every day. And I think a lot of people are in tune to that. I think a lot of people talk about all the time, like, oh, I, just, I felt her, I felt how angry she was, or I felt how angry he was, or I mm-hmm. felt, you know, oh, that person's really upset, and I just kind of, like, knew they were really upset. Well, that's exactly what I think this is talking about, is that we all have that ability to feel that energy and feel that power, but we don't really understand how deep it is or how real and, and mighty it can be. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I've read it twice, the series twice. I highly recommend it to anybody because it's just, I mean, it's sci-fi, so there's a lot of, like, there's actually a machine creature called the Shrike. What's the, what's the, give us the premise. What's the, yeah. the uh, short story? Yeah, yeah sure. So... It's a multi-book theory. Uh, yeah, but, so it's yeah. four books. Um, so the first two uh, cover a pilgrimage. It's called the Shrike Pilgrimage. The Shrike is this creature that, uh, for lack of a better word, is sort of like God, but he's a machine, and you don't really even know that he's a machine. It's just this like giant, spiked, carapist creature. It's like a giant chrome uh, goliath, basically, like three meters, which is what, six feet? No, no, I think... Well, how many meters is it in or in a foot? Or three. How many feet in a yeah. yeah. So he's three meters tall. So he's nine feet tall. And just like from head to toe, barbed wire, razors, blades, like you can't touch him or it, whatever it is, yeah. like without being harmed. They go on this pig- pilgrimage and these figures are drawn together. It's seven people going on this pilgrimage. Seven's like the big powerful number, which is also in very biblical. Christi- yeah, very biblical. And a lot of like numerology, seven is such a powerful number. Even Harry Potter. Which I mean is basically our bi- our generation's yeah. Bible in Dice. a lot of ways. Dice, right? So Andrew Dice Clay, is Andrew. that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dice. Oh yeah, like... he lost all his fortune on, on that bad seven yeah, crap call. Right. <laughs> you're playing crap. Andrew Dice Clay, one of the great authors of our. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyway, sorry. No, no, it's uh, this is all I want this to be. <laughs> this is everything. Um, seven pilgrims going on this journey to, and the whole premise is that, uh, six of them are expected to die. And the last one who's left remaining will actually be granted like a wi- their, their desire, their wish, whatever it Like they be. know that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the lore is, is that whoever survives gets their wish. No one has survived ever before. The people that they gather together for these two books are like distinctly like kind of heroes in their own way. They all have like crazy life stories. Like one guy's daughter was uh, researching the Shrike and got kind of like got knocked out, woke up in a hospital and was aging backwards from that point forward. Yeah. So she's 26 years old. She lived another 26 years 
but in backward, in reverse. So she became a baby for the last like. Yeah. She Benjamin Buttoned. Yes, she Benjamin Buttoned. And keep in mind, this was written well before Benjamin Button. So, well, I don't know if that's no, true. No, the short it's story. <laughs> it was written way, 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 way. Like Brad Pitt the, wrote it hundreds of years ago, right? What's that? It was the 30s or something like that? Benjamin Button? Oh, I, I don't it, it was a short story. I, I'm pretty sure it was written before. I think as soon as I said that, I figured <laughs> that. <laughs> I said it so definitively too, just because I'm trying to regain my standing with Dan Simmons. I want him to like me again. <laughs> but I figured as soon as I said it, I was like, no, I bet Benjamin Button with some sort of like old German tale but or that's, something. That's not, yeah, no, it's not like an old, it's not like a, a a new concept in general. Like it had been around prior to Benjamin Button. Okay. okay. It's just, that's just the popularized yeah. name for it now, I guess. So <clears throat> there, you know, there are these figures. One guy, that's his situation. He and his daughter are on the journey. And obviously, when he reaches, if he's the one chosen, he wants the strike to like survive or to keep his daughter alive and like reverse this. They call it Merlin's sickness, which I don't. Did Merlin have anything to do? Was he I like the original so. Benjamin I Button? No I didn't know he like aged. So know. she's on. She's one of the seven. No, th- she doesn't count. Weirdly, okay. I, yeah. So um, and then there's a guy who's like the, they just call him the console the whole time, and it, which is really cool because they have this like real cool respect for like diplomacy still, even like 800 years in the future, and he's very highly regarded as this like skilled diplomat. And it turns out he's this double double agent. He's been he double crosses both sides who are trying to like utilize him and his skills. There's so he, this like he cancels ma- out his own work. Is yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> Effectively. <laughs> Um, there's, uh, like Colonel Fedman Kassad. He's this like epic warrior who, um, <laughs> there's this incredible series where he, he talks about this planet. Um, they were holding a lot of people hostage on this planet and he coordinated the satellites to basically like blow up everyone's, all of the bad guys heads at simultaneously. <laughs> and awesome. the, the leader of the bad guys was, um, <laughs> was broadcasting live to the whole planet in like a show of defiance. And his head blew up on TV, basically. Nice. And like that's how Kassad like got his, you know, yeah. his fame. He's like he's called the butcher of I can't remember the name of the city, but you know that's his like claim to fame. And then there's a guy who's um the book the philosophy of the book's really beautiful too. There's a guy who's like the true voice of the tree. <laughs> he blew up all their heads, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's poetry. It's, it's all about lot. love. It's all about love. <laughs> blowing up people's heads, right? And love guns. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's it's really cool. There's a the true voice of the tree hetmastine like the templars of the tree there's this really cool planet called god's grove that they've not allowed like um technology and like skyscrapers and uh, the 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 uh, one of the overarching themes is that humanity and i mean we see this on earth like this is real and he wrote this in the 80s you know think about this like late 80s that like humanity is basically a pestilence around the galaxy mm-hmm. like we every time we touch a new planet the indigenous species are killed or exploited, or hunted to extinction, and we send, like, we exploit and drill oil, like, derigers in, like, the middle of beautiful, pristine oceans that we've never seen before. Mm. And rather than research, we just want to, like, manipulate and control. And that's all, you know, it's a real indictment of, like, kind of humanity, too. We're bad. We're bad at, at things. Yeah, in a lot of we're ways. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're bad. We're bad. Uh, so these seven figures, those are the first two books. The second two books. Are, so they're not they're not there yet. They're still walking there. Right. They're still, okay. Yeah, they're still walking, and it's cool. They tell their individual stories. Basically, the whole first book is like, "Why am I on this pilgrimage?" And they tell these like epic stories. One of the guys, I've dug. I remember this guy, Lenar Hoyt. He's like a priest. The church is still around, eight hundred years in the future, because of right. course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course it is. And um, 
the he goes on this journey to try and find a another priest who had vanished on Hyperion, this planet that they go mm-hmm. on the pilgrimage on, and he finds this other priest who had adapted the cruciform, is what they call it. It's like a parasite that goes on your chest, but what the cruciform does is it, re- it resurrects you. Sort of, you know, it mm-hmm. takes three days, again, biblical, and this guy... Because he was so, like, he felt like he was blasphemy by having this cruciform on. He ties himself up in this, like, Tesla tree forest. Exactly what it sounds like. Tesla mm-hmm. trees. And lets himself die for, like, 30 years. And, and he, he just, and, like, comes back and, and comes, dies. Yes, and, and, comes, and gets resurrected and gets shocked and, like, burned to death again. Oh, my God. Yeah. 30 <laughs> years. Or, like, so you hear this and you're reading it and you're just like, oh, no. Why like, did you not stop it? Like, you're like, oh, 10 years is enough. He, I feel like 10 years is enough. <laughs> I think his thought, his thought was that in, uh, by pulling it or by revealing it that uh, this cruciform would become, like, uh, an evil thing. And sure enough, the third and fourth books, the cruciform has become, like, mainstream. Mm. And the the church is all powerful again. Very medieval time, like very sort of like medieval. Time. Medieval. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The entity that is medieval times, yeah. ruling the ruling the eastern seaboard with their giant turkey legs and Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted a second piece of garlic bread. That's all I wanted. Did they give it to you? Are they, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. Like I, there was a lot of guilt going on, but they, but yeah, they like I got them the guilting you. <laughs> They're like, well, we just we just make enough for everybody. I was like, but I don't eat all the other. Just to make stuff. enough for every, what They weren't like getting a head count on the way in. Like, <laughs> no, but how many exactly? Yeah, I mean they brought it. So at the end of the day, like, I, I guess. They Can I there. ask something about the cruciform? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do they talk about what is happening while he is those three days before he's resurrected and then kills himself again? They do. Yeah, someone in this book asks, like, what you know? Yeah. What do you experience? And he says. Um, it's like it's darkness like there's nothing Uh-oh. it's nothingness like he it's not even consciousness of the darkness do you know what i mean it's just nothingness because they're like in some like i, I think uh, one view of it is that when like jesus was crucified like those three days he was in hell right that i think that is <clears throat> in the bible he says that right or i like i he was in hell yeah yeah because he died for all wait. of our sins jesus yeah. went to hell but then came back. But if Jesus can't get into heaven, like, <laughs> no, he did. What chance do no. I have? <laughs> well, you you have the chance because he did it. That's I mean that's the point I think. But I, to me that would be it's one thing to like go to darkness for three days for thirty years. <laughs> but I don't know going to hell going like, to hell every every three days. Yeah, yeah, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, fried to death. Okay, here we go. Do this again. <laughs> Or, or does hell sort of lose its like? Uh, does it lose its sort of leverage if your death is a What's horrifying like sh- <laughs> yeah. is lightning and fire, and then you go to hell and it's like ha ah, fire and brimstone, and you're like, bro, already yeah. been there, and after been, thirty years, been there, done that, yeah, yeah. you die again, like hey Jerry, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, what did they do to Jesus in hell? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I don't know. Hey. <laughs> okay. It's not in there? I mean, maybe. I. I well, I assume I it's just the same hell that they always talk about, which is like, you know, they say, imagine the worst pain you've ever had and multiply it by a thousand thousands or, you know, things like that. It's just like. Yeah, I guess in my mind, hell is always one of those things where it's like, oh, you always cut people in line. So in hell, you're going to get. Cut in line a thousand times, right. or whatever. It's something like, tailor made to you, right? So I want to know what <laughs> Jesus is like 
torture was. Uh, oh, yeah. Considering he he's lived doing, a blameless, sinless life, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing parlor tricks. Maybe it was just like he didn't have his <laughs> Jesus. He didn't have his Jesus powers. Yeah, what if he, he just had to drink tons of water and yeah. he couldn't drink wine? Yeah, and, and everybody was like there being like, hey, let's have a party, make wine. And he was like, I, I can't do it. And then they just really like gave him shit for it. Because he was always the life of the party before. Yeah. And that's the thing. And they're like, oh, Jesus, dude, make your wine. Make Let's have a party. And he's just yeah. like, oh, no. no. And, they're, and then people like walked out, like muttering. Yeah, yeah, he got booed a lot. They're muttering under their breath, like, oh, man, what a loser. It's just, yeah, it's the opposite of what he experienced. He's like giving sermons, and people are just like, boring. <laughs> he only had, like, he had 500 people to feed, and he could only feed two of them with the fish and the bread. He's a Dory. <laughs> Dory, I got it. <laughs> You're disappointing us all. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I think I like the idea of, like, the thing that really got under his skin was the soft muttering of people that were walking by, and he, like, heard it all. It's yeah. just like, it's like, God, what a disappointment. Oh, man, that was a real I can hear you. He's like, no, I, can I can do it. I can do it. I swear. Right, right. That guy's like, I promise I know how to do this. It's not a big deal. <laughs> do it all the time. <laughs> I swear, this never happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry. A lot of guys like freak out about it. No, I'm <laughs> performing. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Let's get back. No, but I... I think that uh, but Andy's question is great about like what, you know, what does he experience? Because that's also a big part of the book is that later, uh, Ania, it, it's like the, the woman from the later two books who becomes the sort of Messiah-like figure who is spreading her gospel of this like love and empathy and listening to the voice of the dead. She, her central idea is that like death is final. Is that like, there, you know, the our pain and our love and our communication and everything, like all the jokes, all the laughter, everything we experience echoes and exists forever in this like void, which binds, but like our essence is gone. And Mm -hmm. so like, you know, it's profound. Like you read it and you're just like, Oh man, you know, and she's saying this to, um, it's really cool. Like Buddhists from earth, they call it old or old earth because in their mind, earth had been destroyed, which it Mm -hmm. turns out it hadn't. That's another twist in the book. But they call it old Earth. Buddhists had like launched into space and converted their Buddhism to another planet. Like, okay. uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, these things. And there's like Kam Riyadh, which is like a Muslim planet where all of the. And sure enough, 800 years in the future, the Shia, uh, the Shia and the Shiites are still, s- still fighting. <laughs> yeah. Legit. Le- like, still battle. You know, and it's just like, at that point, what's going on? You know, it's been 2,000 years. Like, three, <laughs> three, like yeah. what? What it. What needs to happen? Or, you know, like, what needs to happen? And I guess, I don't know, it's really, it's heavy. It's a heavy book to read, uh, literally and figuratively, because literally it's a lot of pages. So, like, it's very big. But figuratively, because, you know, you find yourself really asking, like, what what do I, uh, what impact do I have? Like, how do I have a, the greatest impact on the people around me? Is it by, you know, being a dogmatic preacher or a dogmatic, like, um, uh prophesizer of like the things I believe in or is it showing that love and empathy or is it being passionate about my works you know and that's all sort of stuff I asked myself as I read that book what did you come to I think that devoting myself to uh fulfillment of self and and filling myself with like love and compassion for the others around me and like sharing that with other people is like the greatest thing I can do for myself and for the world because I my whole thing about like spheres that we all like have a sphere of like energy that we just are like we are these like balls of energy. If you are filled with like 
compassion and love and like kindness and people see that it's not even like the whole oh pay it forward like that's nice but i really Mm. do think that if everyone filled the space with that like sort of energy it multiplies it becomes like a spider's web in a way Uh, i conceptually i like what you're talking Mm -hmm. about and i i try to be the change i want to see in the universe as much as i can Uh um but at the same time like it does don't you feel like it it sort of not makes you a a victim, but makes you easy to victimize for people who don't take that philosophy. You know, when I think about, like, um, there are some people who are just, I don't want to say anybody's ever, like, filled with hate Mm -hmm. because I think everybody's got reasons for the things that they do. Um, But there's a lot of hate out there, and there's always that feeling of that, like, everybody always likes to say, like, you know, hate defeats, you know, or love defeats hate, but it's like, does it, though? Like... (laughs) Hate's really good at hitting you with a stick. And, like, <laughs> love doesn't have any defense for that. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets hit with a stick. Mm-hmm. So Hate guns are proven effective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Love guns don't exist, but hate guns are, like, all over the place. All over. There are more hate guns than people in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, how, how have you found going out into the, into the world, like, sort of trying to be loving to even people who don't want it? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, I think that it's, it's difficult at times because you, I mean, we're living in like the, I mean, it's, I think every generation says this, but like we're living in one of the greatest times of like reward for the bad people, if you will, you know, quote unquote, the reward for the bad people I've ever seen, you know, I'm yeah. 30, 32 years old and, and look who our like president is, look who the sort of like leadership is of any, you know, multiple countries around the world, like it almost seems like the, the hate is being rewarded. Not only winning, but being rewarded. So, right. like, and, being and, a total monster <laughs> is, like, the preferred, almost. Yeah, and, and there there are a non-insignificant number of people that feel like, like, I don't want to get into the whole, like, Trump thing, but, like, sure. but feel as though, like, Trump was sent by God to save us. Save, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, from what? Um, yeah. uh, uh, us? From... Oh. From the from the libs, yeah, no, uh, the libs. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't want to turn this into like a, a yeah. No, a, no. A let's thread. get into this. No, no, no let's no, talk. No, about I'm it. not turning this into a Reddit thread. All right, yeah. <laughs> but, but I get what you're saying. I'm saying I, my thing is that I find that. So my belief is that if I populate my space and my relationships with people uh, as best I can now, and I want to, you know, full disclaimer. Have I been like an angel? No, of course not. I, I've been a total jackass and been a bad person in, in several instances. Yeah, relationships to people, uh, sometimes as a teacher, you know, like thing where I'm just like, ah, that wasn't that wasn't what I professed, <laughs> you know. Like and you, yeah. you know, have those moments, sure. But in general, if I really try my best to like fill the space with like love and like support and uplifting and positivity, I I think it begets more of that, and I see that happening in. I mean, I like. I think the Armory is a great example. Like, I think that the people of positivity and like warmth and support and community have won out by and large, and it only grows in that sense, in in a lot of ways. I feel like, and I think it it's measured in the attendance and people come to see the shows and like the kind of shows we put on. I, I think that's part of it, you know. And I can, I'm part of that family and community, and I feel like uh, like that one point of energy, and there are a lot of other people I'd point to, like almost anyone I've done improv with and all the people I've done sketch with are all like really excellent people. Mm -hmm. And I, it takes time. It takes time and it takes patience and perseverance. And like, I think that it can win out. I think that ultimately people get tired of hate and I think people get tired of malevolence 
You know, that's my hope. That's my hope. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope you're right. I, I'd like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think I think the armory is a, a good example because compared, like, I compared to some other communities that I am aware of and have participated in. I appreciate you holding the names. Yes, um, <laughs> there is a sense of like I am here to be famous, mm. or I am here to get on a team ultimately to to get famous or whatever. Mm. And it's not like the folks at the armory don't want to be famous. Sure, I don't think there's sure. anybody being like, SNL, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Lauren called me last <laughs> night and I said, piss off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do think that there is less of a sense of like, if you get good, then I get, then I've lost. You know, like there, because sometimes there can be a feeling of like, I mean, granted, there is a finite amount of success, I guess, out there in some mm-hmm. weird way. But, um, I think in a lot of the other communities, there it feels like there's an opposition there. You know, that like if something good happens to you, therefore, even if I'm in the same place I was before, something bad has essentially happened to me. And I don't feel as though like in, in our, you know, in the armory community that, that that is as present. Well, I think that exemplifies the core of at least improvisation. It's a communal thing. It is a something you do with other people. And if one person succeeds, everyone succeeds. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the uh, a very uh, prevalent, overarching... Yeah. On stage, on stage, most people believe that. But on, like, as soon as you get off stage, there are a lot of people who just feel as though, like, you know, that they have to be the one to stick out or they have to be the one right, to... Right, that the opposite of... Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. so with this, like, how does... How do these themes, these philosophies, how do they come up in the context of these novels? Uh, so, like, they're on this pilgrimage, but, like, right. how, how are we being introduced to that? So, the, the problem that, well, what's being, what's happening in the world of humanity is that they are, like, at the latter stages of the four books, humanity is, like, having no problem dominating the, the universe, right? But... It turns out that the church, which has like put itself forward as like this gift of the cruciform, is like, you know, the gift of resurrection. It's like an unbelievable miracle, and we all have it, and we we have immortality, right? Turns out the cruciform was a creation of the Technocore, the artificial intelligences, and they're using the cruciform as basically data collection because the cruciform like goes through your whole body. And they use every thought you have, every neuron that fires in your brain at any point over the course of your life. And what they find, this is some really heavy stuff. What they find is that the greatest moments of like inspiration and creative creativity, creative thought, and this is like their science studies for this now, mm. happen at the moments of birth and death. So like at that moment of a human dying with the cruciform on. The, the Technocore, like the artificial intelligences, were gathering data on that moment, that burst of creativity, that burst of like the greatest thought and most powerful like human computation it could do, mm-hmm. and they're collecting data on it. So they're using that like resurrection basically just as a data point to try and like figure out like what, because they're trying to, uh, uh, their goal is to basically eliminate the need for humanity. So and, it, at this point, 800 years in the future, what has happened between humanity and technology? Uh, so the, so humanity, um, you, technology secedes at one point. They develop like autonomy, and they, they say, we are no longer like at your control, right? Mm-hmm. But they maintain an alliance with humanity and say, we'll continue to give you these gifts, these things that we've like developed that like, well, we have, they call them farcasters. And it's literally like you can go from Earth 
to another point in the Milky Way galaxy instantaneously, just like that, right? And they're like, well, we'll keep that available to you. Well, it turns out that the Farcasters were just, again, another point of data collection. They were just using it to, like, manipulate and learn about humans, right? And, like, go into their brains and, like, analyze all of the data. And they've got, you know, they've got insane amounts of, like, processing. At this point, it's not even, it's beyond the scope of what we can understand now, okay? mm. you know, in the books. Like, it's not like, we all think of, like, a giant server room that's, like, an old warehouse, you know? And it's like, oh, like, hundreds of gateway computers, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, all oh, those black and white cow boxes, you know, like, align the walls. But, like, they're beyond that. The data sphere exists, like, literally like an atmosphere would. You know, like, you've got, so, humanity and the and the machines have this, like, coexisting relationship but at the end of the second book uh they're the the like president is they call him the ceo the president the ceo of humanity decides that like this subservience to the technocore and like the the rule of like the machines over man which is basically how it's been now they won't stand for it anymore so she coordinates with all of her military to destroy the farcasters simultaneously i mean literally within like six seconds of each other over thousands of light years they all are destroyed simultaneously and she sends this one ship into a farcaster that in the like nanosecond that it translates mm-hmm. in that moment it goes inside the farcasters it detonates a huge like death wand like bomb inside oh. the techno core yeah which is like where they exist and, okay and doesn't kill them but it like severely hampers their like research and the things that they're doing and it's basically severs or tries to sever humanity from the machines because at that point, humanity has literally stopped evolving. We mm-hmm. don't because the farcasters are so easy and like cheating. We don't have we haven't learned to like move between the stars in a, in like an effective, positive way. Yeah, you why know? would you? Right. What, why would you try and like learn or evolve? And then, uh, man, I haven't even talked about this. There are the ousters, which are presented as like the enemy to humanity, but really they're just humans that have like evolved. So they can like live in space. They don't even have to live. They develop huge, giant like ecospheres that are just gigantic, like planet-sized trees that like exist in space. And like water can float in there, and they can like exist. And it's just like the beauty that this guy, uh, that Dan Simmons writes about this stuff, is is majestic. It's like Lord of the Rings in space. Okay. You know how like how beautiful. Have you guys read any Lord of the Ringsers? Yeah. No. Okay. Like how beautifully Tolkien writes about Middle Earth is how he writes about the Alster communities. And you're originally, the whole time you're reading, you're like, oh, the Alsters are the bad guys. Okay, I get it. Like, they're the bad ones. And then you find out later on that they are the humans who have, like, totally separated from technology and have evolved into, like, mind-blowing, beautiful examples of humanity. Wouldn't they, and, and they don't have any interest to reach back out to the... Like, they, you, would, you would think that they would be the champions for the humans. They constantly... Well, they try. They, they constantly want to, but the, the uh, Technocore... Like, get out of here, hippies. Yeah, the, techn- <laughs> <laughs> the Technocore is constantly trying to, like, make the, nor- like, the normal humans, right, the ones mm. who haven't given themselves or, like, the evils of nanotechnology and all this stuff, to, to just, like, consider them the bad guys and constantly fight them. And they, like, do. They, like... They, so through, like, misinformation. They, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That sounds, from, you know, that's something yeah. we can all relate to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disinformation uh, or... Um, Let's what, get um, into it. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Right back to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just a bunch of libs. <laughs> Can I ask, I don't know if I just misheard you, but you said that Dan Simmons wrote the first two books. Did somebody else write the other two? No, or? no, uh, he wrote the other two just a little bit later. Oh, okay. Like after he, people okay. were so clamoring for like, gotcha. we want more, you know? Want, yeah. Yeah. Is Dan Simmons still with us? I actually don't know. I, I so almost intentionally didn't, I've never looked he, it up. I think he is. Based on like a tiny amount of Wikipedia research. Yes. I did. Okay. Yeah. I see? need to reach out to him. I need to send him this podcast. Yeah, he's gonna listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just you yeah. want to just give him your phone number and <laughs> shut No, up. he'll be like he'll be like, uh, don't ever speak to me again. Signed the J V team. Well <laughs> 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 the, the, the only reason I didn't look it up is because I was I got crushed one time. Have you guys read a People's History of the United States by no. Howard Zinn? Highly recommend it. Uh, humongous, like tome. It's a big book. I finished it and was like, I'm a history major in college and it's just it really resonated with me in a really profound way and i was like i gotta i gotta talk to howard zinn like i gotta like write this guy and communicate i just need to reach out to him i googled and the first thing that popped up was like howard zinn like birth and death and i was just like oh crushed that's so i have a hard time like looking up now because i don't if these guys are like, <laughs> i don't want to know him so i'm like i'd rather him just he's still alive on your phones I, do you have like the google search bar yeah yeah like I don't know how it works. With, I don't know if this is how it works with everybody's phone, but in mine, before I even like do anything, it gives me a list of like the most searched things happening in that hour, basically. Oh, so like I, you know, you tap into it, like you're gonna start typing in, and it drops down, and it's like Manafort ruling, uh, like New York City weather or something. Like it's just it lists all the things that people are searching at that time. Oh. But there's always like a celebrity name on there. And it just, I, in, like, since oh, like Bowie died, I have <laughs> yeah. this like twinge of like fear that I see a, f- a person's name and I'm like, oh God, they died. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, no. like, why else would everybody be searching it? But then I click on their name and it's like, so-and-so releases a new album. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Well, the, well, the more random, the more likely they're done. Well, but like, what's I, the worst one? What's the worst one you've experienced? Like what's the one that you were dead or no, no, no. The, what, the worst like twinge of fear. Uh, Paul Simon. So. That would be, uh, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt, like maybe the single most influential uh, musician in in my life, and uh, I was fortunate enough to go to his final concert. But nice. leading up to that point, you know, it, people had been uh, talking about it a little bit because he was doing his final concerts here in New York City, uh, and but it didn't say like Paul Simon final concert or anything. It just said like Paul Simon, and I was just like, oh no, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a. Uh... I, I Paul Simon was the like the centerpiece of the uh, second episode ever of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and he was uh, a huge part I, of that, right? And I didn't like know that was that. like the turkey off an episode, right? Well, just in uh, general, those first seasons, like he's like, great friends with Lauren. Yeah, yeah. But he came, there's one where he came out like in a full turkey costume, singing <laughs> still crazy after all uh, these yeah. years. I don't know if it was that episode. So <laughs> okay. I, I based what I'm doing is I'm just started on I started on Hulu just to I'm going to move through the, all of it as much from as like I, the very beginning. Yeah, I just want to even the even the ones that people are like, oh, this is terrible. I don't yeah. care. I just want to see like just for like homework almost. Okay. And um, he does this amazing this amazing sketch with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Where he like he kicks his ass in basketball, Paul Simon does, <laughs> and like dominates him. And he's just, I mean, it's it's so funny. The hilarity of just seeing the two of them stand near each other is enough. He's like, not a he's not a tall man. No, he's <laughs> next Simon, to a very tall man. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Paul Simon is very short, and he's like a short guy. And then Kareem Abdul Jabbar is gigantic. 
and that alone made the video worth it. So hey, you're Paul Simon, and that's kind of all I think about now is that great sketch video that I just saw like probably a couple of weeks ago now. <laughs> like I'm very new to it, and I'm like, yeah, that's who Paul Simon is yeah. to me. Like yeah. you said he's a musician for you. I'm like, to me, he's like, he's the funniest guy in Saturday Night Live. Uh, so... Um, they're, they're, the Muppets were still on at that point, right? Like, yes, yeah. Those sketches are very weird. <laughs> the, like, I get why they didn't stay on. Like, yeah, those sketches are very odd. Yeah. I think the first episode has that weird, like, garbage, like they're very, dark thing. No, they all are. That like, or the first couple I've seen are like this, like, weird garbage planet where the guy's just yeah. like, oh, get in here. And then like oh, and the, the other that's one was not like even funny. No, no, it, it wasn't. That's the thing. It's, very, guy, it's just bizarre. The guy's like, oh, I need more money. Like we don't have any more money. We're running out. And he's like, let's go to this guy. And there's like this temple. It's like, oh, you want to make a sacrifice? And he like sacrifices his best friend. Like <laughs> oh, feeds Jesus. him feeds him this monster. And is like, see you later. And he's like, all right. Well, what do I get? And he's like, oh, nothing. I just tricked you. And it's like, the, you can almost hear the audience being like, what the hell are we watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we, what are we watching? Um, but he's got, like, it's just, it's so cool to see. They had this amazing, this great, like, in the very first episode where it's like, if the father of the house, you know, like, perishes in an unexpected, like, tragedy the insurance company will provide you with like a new improved like dad. And it's uh Dan Aykroyd dies and Chevy Chase walks in and is like the new sexier, like cooler dad. And I was like, wow, this, that's pretty rad for something, you know, back yeah. then to be like, uh, like just handle something like that. I don't know. It seemed, it mm-hmm. struck me that like the seventies, I could see a lot of people be like, Ooh, wag their finger at that, you know, like, yeah. no, 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 no. But I don't know. That's just yeah. Saturday Night Live's kind of always prided itself as that. I guess. Yeah. Since yeah. the Brady kids still couldn't have like a toilet in their bathroom. But the, the you Bra- know, but the dad could Wait, die. what? I, I, my, I'm with Andy on that one. In, in, in the Brady Bunch? Yeah, in the Brady Bunch, like, the, the, the boys and the girls share a bathroom. But if you look at the bathroom, there's no toilet in there. Because that shit in the tub? Because <laughs> that was considered, like, like unrefined or whatever. Like, it, it would have been bad for them to have a toilet. So they have a giant bathroom, but there's no toilet in it anyway. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. What an odd thing. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't. I didn't know. I guess I'm the only one who who knew. About yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah but, so the Brady's don't go to the bathroom. That's why that. Something. That's why their cleaning lady was always so yeah. ornery. <laughs> she's just cleaning up like. Yeah, because they were just pooping in the tub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, I spend more time in the bathroom than, <laughs> than I've been in anywhere in the house. Yeah, I mean, six kids pooping in a tub is going to piss off anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the sensors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. The sensors are like no toilet. Yeah, I don't know why. It, Whatever. I mean, they were like, they were like. Do they talk about bathrooms in space in these books? <laughs> um, no. No. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no. no, no, no. That's the year question is far more important than anything I was going to You know, say. it's fine. I'm sitting here thinking about it, and no. Like, they. Do they go into any, like, like living details like that outside of, like, the connection with technology? Uh, there, there's actually a. It immediately leaps to mind. There's like one time, so it's cool. They they call it the Hawking Drive, which is like the it's based on Stephen Hawking's work. Is like the Hawking oh. Drive is like the oh, first, that yeah. yeah. Um, um, Hawking Drive is like the first, um, almost it's like almost the speed of or no, no, it is the speed of light travel device. But even when you think about it, those light year, you know, hundred light years or whatever, sure. right? The time they call it time debt. So if you travel to like this other galaxy. While I'm in like the stasis of like the travel, you would age 15 years, right? right? Yeah, and and then I I get there, I'm not, I haven't aged at all, and you've lived like 10 years of life, sure, you know. 
And there's one point where the guy is like in the the ship's going, and he's like still there hanging out. And he's like, "Well, I gotta go to the bathroom." And he's like, "Well, I guess I just just go off the deck of the ship. Like I just I go over the side." <laughs> and then like the ship, which has like an intelligence, and yeah. it's like you know we have we have bathrooms. You don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. Nah, you don't. You don't need to do that. <laughs> just like, it's like so, a very calm AI. Like, <laughs> what? Are, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> he has this like very funny relationship with the ship, like throughout the series. Yeah. Like they, they, where the ship is like, because the ship is not. You know, he's convinced it's like there's no personality to it. Yeah, but it's really kind of a fascinating thing to think about that. Like, if you know, if you feel like an idiot. Right, because you said something that you just maybe should have known, and the ship responds just matter of factually with the actual thing. Yeah, is it you hearing that the ship's being kind of a jerk, or you just feel kind of embarrassed? You like know, you're you projecting. Know? Right, right. You're yeah. like, I know the ship. The ship sounds really snarky. He's being sarcastic, and it's like, well, no, it's a computer. It can't. It doesn't. Well, like I always wonder about like it, it in that in the context of something like that, like. I talk to myself all the time when I'm by myself, <laughs> and I would forget that there's a ship listening to me. Yeah. And if I'm like just singing or like talking to myself or whatever, like when does the ship say like that was a good one or like just like, <laughs> respond to something I've said? You were you were a little flat in the third yeah. bar. <laughs> Did I ask for feedback? Yeah. I don't think I asked for feedback. He got the, eventually they developed this thing where he called it like um. Uh, like good child mode, where the the ship can only speak if it's like spoken to, oh. <laughs> and so yeah, he's like he's like they put it on this mode. He's like only if I talk to you, can you because you know, occasionally the ship will just be like, well, actually this planet is a sub a subterranean. Like oh, my- well, actually nobody has to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like stop, stop, stop. I mean, isn't, that's basically what Alexa is, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, the idea that well, here's the thing: at the at this point, eight hundred years in the future, or whatever, the ship can like land itself, can fly itself, can do everything. It mm-hmm. doesn't need humans to survive, basically, and so it can go do whatever it wants. And there's um, there's this one great part where the guy is like dying, like he's been injured severely, and he's like stuck in this like water, and it turns out that he's back on the planet where they left the ship at one point, way way previous in the book. And suddenly the ship like talks to him through this little comm band that he has like on his arm. And he's like, whoa, whoa, like, where is it you? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like 40 yards away from you. And he's like, why haven't you gotten me? And the ship literally goes, I had no orders to retrieve you when you got back. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, like Yosemite Sam over here. Like, but somebody who was a human with empathy, like would have gone and picked him up. Yeah. Right. You yeah. just you just cracked Dan Simmons. That's right. Book. You just cracked Dan Simmons' book. They and that's why what? he's so JV. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> they, no, Accor- the, according according I'm, to I'm like agreeing no. with this. Don't put that on me. Put that. I mean, I mean, I feel like you said it, uh. so I can play back the tape. If you, <laughs> I you know. Yeah, I know. We dude. are recording on tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all afraid of technology here, so we're running. Yeah, that's why we do a track, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're on the same line. Yep. So we're both filled with empathy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, a human would have understood the appeal of going to the bathroom off the side of a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of appeal of going to the bathroom? I don't know, man. I'm when I was like 11 I and I saw Apollo 13 and they where they like sent their pee out into space, <laughs> I knew it was like a, that like, can't be real, but I was like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. I, or even like go on a cruise these days and you're like up on the side of the deck and you're like, that's 
That looks pretty fun. Like, there's like 200 bathrooms on this boat, but uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I really have the temptation to just launch it right in the ocean. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, it, you know, I think it's a, I don't think it's a unique, is it a uniquely man thing? Do you like a male thing? Because of the way we pee. You know what I mean? Like, is it kind of a, this like, is why Jamie should be here. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, I know. To, so to we would know us. whether or not, like, yeah, you just did like gestures. Jamie, the one who speaks for all females. No, no, <laughs> Jamie would pee off stuff definitely. Actually, that's what I'm, yeah. that's kind of why I think she'd be great to have here. To, yeah, like, to confirm or to debunk my idea that like it's probably just a man thing, but like in reality, I think everyone has that urge to be like, "Whoa, huge canyon! Yeah. Want want to pee down that?" Yeah, I mean that's what that's what the comment section's for. So, <laughs> ladies, let us know what, what you pee on and off of. Weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's um there's this this makes me think of a story if I might if I may yeah um my dad my dad uh, so I have, I have three brothers so it's four boys um in my family and one there's this race at the university or it takes place in Charlottesville Virginia where I went to school at the University of Virginia it's called Foxfield and uh there's it's twice a year but the, the spring one is like the the college one like colleges from all over the state come like they come to see this and my dad and my brothers came from my last year my fourth year of school they all like they came to see my last improv show, which happened to be that same weekend. So it was like Friday night, last improv show, graduation show. Next day, Foxfield races, like epic weekend. And sure enough, like we're driving, and my dad's like, "Yeah, I'll drive you." He has no idea, what, you know. It's like one of those things that, like, my dad, who was born in the '40s and like grew up in a time vastly different from today, is like, "Yeah, I'll drive you to this like race. It's a horse race. I'll be fun." <laughs> On the way there, <laughs> literally lining the this like country road. There are people like at ten a nine thirty in the morning, ten a.m. like puking in the side of the road, <laughs> puking in the side of the road. Their cars like stopping and people like opening the door to throw up out the door. At one point, he sees like three women on the side of the road crouching, just on the side of the road, just squatting, just going squatting, doing yeah. a squat, squatty potty, and like just. And he's like, and at one point, he just turns. He's like, "What am I driving you guys to?" <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, "What." What are you? What are you going to do right now? <laughs> he's like, what are you? Doing? And my brother's like, don't. It's just a day. Of, you know, it's fun, like a day of drinking. He's like, a lot of these people look like they need to be in the hospital. <laughs> it's like ten a.m. ten in the morning, and we're just like, oh, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. And sure enough, like things were fine, and like we took care of each other, and it was a great day. But like, it just it makes me think of like the sort of like <laughs> I don't know it ties back nicely to this like philosophy of like humanity is sort of a scourge <laughs> on yeah. itself on the universe, <laughs> like. But you, but you just put the love out there. Right? Just yeah. put the love out there. And I think, you know, we can overcome our worst impulses and our worst, like, behaviors. Find a way to kind of be subsumed by, like, love and generosity and kindness. And I just want to say, like, I was interested <laughs> to hear you talk about, like, having, like, positive energy. Because on multiple occasions, different people in different conversations have talked about how you have a very good energy. Like, a very positive energy to be around. Oh, that's... That's really cool to hear. I'm, I'm, totally, yeah. I'm being totally honest. Like, in like like the first uh, huh. Atlantic City trip, people were like, "Of course that table is hot." Like <laughs> Brendan was just like radiating like, positivity. <laughs> like, how could people not win? Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that it's not. I mean, it has become a bit of a conscious choice. I think that in some ways, I was. Uh, um, I, that's just who I am. In general, sure. like in a way, and I think sometimes it's unfair. You know, I've had conversations with people who are like, I'm just generally, I'm not that. I'm not there. Like my energy's low. I don't like to be like excited and bubbly. And I'm like, I get that. 
I'm not saying you have to be. You know, like I, I think that I, I think that in some ways you don't I think people confuse positive energy with like uh with like, ha, yay, everything's awesome, right. you know. But there's a way to be positive and supportive of self and supportive of others around you like love and empathy and all those things they manifest in different ways yes Mm -hmm. yes there are a thousand languages of love you know like a thousand ways to like impart it and to share it with someone and i love hearing that that's cool for you to share i mean thank you for sharing that with me and i think that that's who i want to be i want to be like a a force for the good and the positive and to make people or make people i want to be force of positivity and authoritarianism (laughs) (laughs) i want people to do uh, what i tell you to do be happy (laughs) you have to see what i'm seeing you have to well i mean i i I started this whole thing out by by referencing you as a force of nature and i think like you you do have that ability when you come into like a room like i I, this is gonna sound whatever but like um like the the energy you bring is such that nobody's ever like this was made worse cuz Brennan was around like you know what i mean like because you have that like i'm going to have a good time whatever it is i'm doing i'm going to have a good time and by virtue of that people with you i would say are going to have a good time it's more so we're going to have a good we're going to have a good time yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's not that like like I'm going to have a good time, not you. Yeah. yeah. Shut up, nerd. Punch you in the face. Like I had a blast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that no, was, that's what that was like. great. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that. How you doing, nerd? <laughs> um, no, I yeah. But, yeah, and I think the the communal aspect of like that positivity is a big thing that I push for. And mm-hmm. um and like that's why I think that, you know, I have a, a, a one of my best friends in the whole world I lived with for three years, and we sort of developed this idea of, like, these spheres and, like, your personal sphere of self, and, and like, while we <laughs> we had this one, win- it was great, uh, this is a fun little sidebar, uh, we had this one winter where we, we both were very blessed and had we had booked gigs that were going to take us away from the city, but we had, like, two months until they started, so we were like, well, it's just, and we were playing with house money at that point, you know, like, we have work. We're guaranteed work for like a long. He was going on tour. I was going uh, to do three different shows up in Massachusetts. So we like knew we had these things lined up. So we were like, "What do we want to do?" So for like two months in like the brutal winter of New York City, like December, no, like December to January, we just like hibernated. In fact, like we hibernated with a with like a gross amount of marijuana <laughs> and um and like deli food and chips <laughs> and just like pigged out on like self and like you just up to Massachusetts like oh <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're in a musical <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to move a lot right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's company um and like we my point in bringing this up is that we together now always talk about these like spheres and like when and I'll, I'll share this with you guys and everyone that listens or is listening. It's not live. Listens. <laughs> Everyone's listening to the live stream uh, of this 8-track. Um, no, but we... Um, our whole thing is that the next time I'll see... His name's Nick. The next time I'll see Nick, the only mental picture that I uh, view uh, ever think of Nick is the most positive I can. That, like, if I view him or think of him in any way, all I imagine him is healthy and well and succeeding and being at his, like, his best self. And he does the same for me. And I try and do that with Dustin Nidato and Andy Fitch and, like, you know, all the time. Like, if I think about someone, it's in that sort of light. And I think that that also is part of that, like, sphere of, like, self 
and love and like support. But what what if what if when you saw him, he had developed a, a drug addiction and <laughs> and like let himself you know and was going down a bad path like. Right. Do you say something, or do you just try and keep that, like... Oh, well, yeah, but, but, but I mean, have to, have to, because, my God, <laughs> like, yeah. that's bad, but, like, it would come from love, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and then try and, like, I don't know, reach to him in a way that, like, let's talk about the choices or decisions that led you to this point, mm-hmm. because I, clearly, you know, I don't think I'm sitting here, like, creating the worlds of everyone I think about, I'm <laughs> like, you're, you're, like, Dustin, turns out he was an NBA player after that <laughs> podcast, because Brennan started thinking about it. <laughs> And Andy became the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Is that what you I'm want? Sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like my thing's a lot better. No. <laughs> I didn't. How like, dare you? No, I'm you're a <laughs> no, Bills fan. No, I mean, I'm that. saying how dare you, oh, how dare you. <laughs> <laughs> well, But but I understand I you don't can, you can do all that, but still like think of him in that like you are still seeing the all the like positive, like best things about him while you're trying to help him. Yeah, even true. Yeah, like to say like I know. And I know and love a different version of you. Right. And, like, I'm sad to see you like this, but I want to see you be your best self again. And and similar to saying, like, someone else succeeding doesn't mean you are failing. Like, doing one thing bad doesn't mean all of you is bad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, yeah. no, I that's think, something I identify No, I, th- I think that's great. That's exactly what I was should say, would say. Like, that. yeah, it's like there is a way to connect with people with this empathy and love. And what's so cool in the book is that with the power of the empathy and love and, like, when you hone the skill, they end up being able to, like, forecast themselves. So not having to use, like, the computer-generated, like, design. Because it turns out that the forecasters the AI had developed were just, like, hurting the void which binds. Mm. But if you do it the right way, like, the way through love and empathy, it's like you just, like, bask in the glory and power of it. Which I think is also a great analogy and metaphor for, like, love and what, when it's in its purest form what it can really do to all of humanity and everybody. Have oh. these books wrapped up? Was yeah. there a definitive ending? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, no. He did finish. Yeah. But the fourth book, because he gives, he like gives these like snippets and like sort of, sort of teasers to like hundreds and hundreds of years even further in the future. And you actually like go there at one point very briefly. It's like a 10 page section of the book. You go to this like time space. He never he never wrote any other books about it. Like he never like got there. And I do you think a, he will? I don't know, Dan. You there? Are you gonna write these books? <laughs> His brother Bill. Yeah, just send us an A track back and let us know what uh, <laughs> what you're thinking. Yeah, oh no. Do not bring Bill Simmons into this. I refuse. do not I am not a Bill Simmons fan. I do, do not equate the two of them. Are they related? I hope not. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. All right. I I have no allegiance to Andy uh, Simmons. You know what? I hope you're the starting quarterback of the <laughs> Now, if Dan Simmons and Richard Simmons are related, that actually be a crit- Is Richard Simmons still alive? Yeah, yes. but he's like a hermit. He doesn't leave his, his house. And there's yeah. a lot of theories that like it's his housekeeper or like personal assistant who has basically like held him captive now and like controls his finances and his life and everything. Like a it's, misery sort of thing? Yeah, a little bit. It's a very weird. It's very when you weird. said his housekeeper, I was thinking, I was like, oh, it's like psycho. Like his housekeeper is posing as Richard <laughs> no, Simmons. But like, he's like, he's like done like calls out where he's like, no, everything's fine. I just don't want to leave my house. Everything's totally fine. But the calls sound like he has a knife at his throat. Like yeah. someone's holding like an ice pick at the back of his head. Like, thank you for calling. I'm fine. <laughs> 
Bill, <laughs> oh, I said Bill Simmons. No, see, now you infected me. Bill Simmons here. Let's go Red Sox. What a yuckster. Um, all right, we we're pretty we're pretty deep in. So, do we have anything else we want to talk about with this, or do you want to get to the speed round? Oh, oh, wow, yeah. Let's we can speed round it. Okay, yeah, we can speed round. I feel like I, I hope I've confused everyone thoroughly enough. Everybody understands the technocore, right? Yep. yep. I will see. <laughs> If you love me, just far cast into this room now where I am and let's hang out. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, like, if, if, if people do, then I'm just going to randomly have people appearing in my apartment. <laughs> like, well, that's where he said it at the time. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I put in the A track and I is, said I was. <laughs> is Brennan here? Is Brennan here? Where's <laughs> Brennan? <laughs> yeah. It's two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I got high and listened to episodes of the podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, what a compliment that would be to you guys, though. It would, though. That'd be yeah. cool to be like, yeah, I got blazed and listened to Just Me podcast. Yeah, I like to think that there are armory parties where everybody just like sits around listening to these. I listened to several episodes at the gym. All right. When I was asked to be on it, I was like, well, let's bone up on the old Just Me. Yeah. And that's uh, a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> just me, bone it up <laughs> while I bulk up. <laughs> bone up, bulk up. The old. <laughs> Boo boo, no boo boo time. Um, all right, um, where are you going? Uh, it's, it's boo boo time. <laughs> we're never gonna. We're just gonna keep going forever. We're never gonna be able to release this because we're still gonna be here. Um, uh, uh, you're just me movie. What is your movie that just you like? It, the Emperor's Club. What I, is the Emperor's yeah, Club? Yeah, there you go. Okay, great. I'm glad that that that's reaction <laughs> so actually makes me feel you. great. Yeah. It's literally just me. It's, uh, it's a movie with Kevin Klein, okay. uh, who's one of my favorite actors. Uh, I'm out. You're out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to have real beef. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> this, is real, this is a new armory beef. <laughs> he's, he's, he's great. He's great. No, uh, Kevin Klein, and he plays a teacher at a, like a boarding school. Like an all, I think it's an all-boys boarding school. And it's just, it's like his, it's like De, uh, Dead Poets Society. He's like a teacher, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's much more clean, sort of like um, innocent and sweet in a way. Um, and it's about this. He, you you he, thought Dead Poets Society was like jaded and angry? Nah, not jaded. <laughs> you know how it ends, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know how it ends. Yeah. But like, but um, it was sweet, like, kind of. Because I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, The Emperor's Club. It's a, I highly recommend it. It's actually on HBO right now as one of their like collections. So if you have HBO Go or anything like that, you can watch it. And it's about. Uh, can, it's I just, your, can I get your HBO Go password? <laughs> If I knew the one I'm already stealing from someone else, I, I would have to say no. Um, but no, it's it's just like a really wholesome movie. I remember as a kid, I watched it with my family, and it was one of those movies where like I walked out and was like, God, that was just like a really genuinely good movie. There was not, you know, there's no action or dirt, like crazy twist, or, and I was just like, it's a fulfilling, wholesome movie. So The Emperor's Club. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just me music. <laughs> It's not just me, but I, I, I know I'm going to catch flack for this Dave Matthews band. <laughs> you are going to catch flack for now, that. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I love Dave Matthews. I, I have, like, my favorite first, like, you know, your first band that you, like, love yeah. was Dave Matthews, man. Like, yeah. That was, like, our I'm, I'm not shocked range. by that. But yeah, I love yeah. Dave Matthews. I saw him recently at Madison Square Garden, like, a month ago, and absolutely, he rocked. He rocked. So good. And I'm just, I love him. I love his music, his style, his, like, his verve, his, like, sort of energy for life, which is sort of, he's a force 
of nature. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as a as a musician. And I know a lot of people hear Dave Matthews and <laughs> I say force of nature and they hear <laughs> it's like that's the most boring, dead ass music I've ever heard. But he's just he rocks. Well I, I I feel like and this might not you might not like this, but uh I feel like Dave Matthews is like if I don't I don't know why I have this connection, but like like the Grateful Dead and Fish are just like not that great music, but they're like intended to be if you're high, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's sort of like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Experienced. Where, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. where I feel like Dave Matthews is like in that vein, but it's like, but the songs are a little different from each other and they're a little like more upbeat and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, like you could listen to this if you weren't high. Yes. It's better if you are, but Mm -hmm. you like, yeah, you could. Whereas Grateful Dead and, uh, and fish, it's like, no, you you should probably, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I've, I've never been to a fish show. I've been to a lot of fish shows. Uh, actually they're number two. I've seen Dave Matthews like 10 times. I think fish like seven. It's funny. I've never, Oh, I've not never, but very rarely listen to fish, not at a show. Like I don't. Mm. It's you know what I mean. Like I'm not like working out or on a commute and like you know what I put on some, <laughs> some fish. Put <Yeah. laughs> on some fish. <laughs> See, I have like a soft spot for a lot of that, like like fish and mo and like I as somebody who like rarely, if ever, uh, takes any kind of substance. Mm. I I'm, I'm one of the very few who would probably choose to listen to and not experience but like i i will say that like for in defense of dave matthews who's somebody i haven't listened to in a long time i also like in i feel like we grew up in that age range like the peak dave matthews was like when we were like discovering music that wasn't just like played by our parents or something (laughs) like that totally totally you don't get a following that large and you don't stay a name for this long without uh, you know, putting something out there that people yeah. want and enjoy. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of anything he's done? Uh, his, <clears throat> oh boy. Yeah. Um, clearing throats. Um, no, his favorite. My favorite like album that he's done is uh, Under the Table and Dreaming. Okay. Yeah, it's like, the album is just like flawless for me. Uh, How about you? Uh, well, I was gonna say, I apologize if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, I whenever I think of him, I there was. I was out with a friend. I don't like to drive. Like I, I can't drive anymore, but um, when I was younger, I, I could drive, and I didn't enjoy doing it. And I was out with a friend, and we were we went to like a diner, and some point during like the two hours we were at the diner, it snowed like hard and froze. So like the roads were all of a sudden incredibly dangerous. But we were out, so we had to get home, you know, and I had to drive in the snow that I was very, very uncomfortable with. And the, to get to his house was a bunch of, like, hills that were windy and all that. And I'm freaking out. He's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, and then Crash Into Me came on. And all I could hear was, like, the crash part of it. Oh, <laughs> and he just kept being like, you're going to crash. And it's like, the song came on. You're going to do it. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so it was mostly him being a dick. But I felt like Dave Matthews Ben was, like, taunting me that I was going to crash in the snow. So I always have that connection that, like, like he's making fun of me. Oh, so, so when it was, like, crash into me, the yeah. me was, like, the, the guardrail yes. or a tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was something in the night that into was definitely... me, yeah. Ooh, baby. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's, uh, since yeah. we are still very much over our normal time, yeah. Um, uh, just me food. I want... <clears throat> I don't think this is uniquely me for Taco Bell. 
I occasionally. No, I think there are a lot of people that I occasionally I need I need the T bell. Okay, like very not even sadly not that rarely. It should be more rarely. Hence this winter belly I've got rocking. But um, yeah, I I like Taco Bell every once in a while. I'm just like man, I see it or I think of it. I'm like I'm gonna go get that. I'm gonna go get a Taco Bell like five dollar meal and just pig out for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a five dollar meal is quite a lot. I would imagine. It's, dude, it's crazy. They give you like seven things. You're like, it's a five dollar <laughs> meal, and you're like, I have more food than I need for days. Have you been to the cantina? Yeah, that's why I go more often now, dude. <laughs> you get, you can you get like a five dollar meal, and then get like a, and a margarita, a margarita, yeah, yeah, or get like a beer. I mean, it's like it's untouchable. I just saw I saw about some guy who lived in he survived in Oregon for several days. Uh, by eating like fire sauce that he had in his pockets, <laughs> legit. It's like it's a guy. He was he was like trapped in like for a, for a car or something and ate fire sauce for like three days. Had <laughs> <laughs> a lot, I guess. yeah. Uh, uh, and finally, your just me celebrity crush. Just me celebrity crush. <clears throat> I, I gotta go. Gotta go with my heart on this one. Uh, Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah, I I love I love Jim Carrey. I truly do. Like I, he has gone through through an amazing like metamorphosis as a mm. human being, just as a performer too. Uh, the dramatic roles he's played, the uh, like, he's a phenomenal painter now. I don't know if you guys follow him like mm. on Twitter. He he paints. Uh, he's also rapid fire. He's like a very productive painter. It's f- so fascinating how fast he can paint. Um, and it just I don't know. I have a crush on his like passion for the arts. And life and, and the energy he puts into everything he does is actually I'm very jealous of because there are times where I'm like I'm tired I'm like but Jim Carrey was <laughs> Jim, Jim Carrey was talking out of his butt <laughs> at this point in his life and <laughs> making making he was the first like twenty million dollars a movie man mm-hmm. was was Jim Carrey first guy to like make command that kind of money so if you were gonna if you were gonna snuggle up with him though would you want to snuggle up with like the um you know the Ace Ventura Jim Carrey or like the is it kidding me like the the show that he's oh, doing the, now, the puppet show. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, probably the kidding me. I think he's a little more like I like he's a little more like mellow and a little more like worldly now. You know, he's like mm. he's been through some stuff. Okay, and like you know, he was married to Jimmy McCartney for a little while, and that marriage ended. And and you know, he, I think he's been through a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's no Donnie Wahlberg or whatever. Oh, yeah. Whoever she's married oh, to right. now. That's right. Oh yeah, New Year's <laughs> Eve this year was like they were just like very. Uncomfortably, <laughs> I remember that was actually this past New Year's, where like it was on TV, and people were like, "What? What are they doing? Like, what's happening?" And it's just like it was a little, it was like too much PDA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So, how do you feel about Simon Birch? <laughs> no, nobody knows that movie. Oh, I know that movie. He you, plays you, like the adult version yeah. of the kid in the movie. Yeah. Do you you're like how do I feel about the movie? Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, I could take it or leave it, to be honest. It was a little oh. meh on it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I get people who are like, it's very moving and touching. But I just hadn't thought about it. In a while. I was think, trying to think of like dramatic roles he had been in. I, I was trying to think of something. No, I thought Louis Anderson than... plays the adults. Yeah. yeah they, is that Louis Anderson, right? For what? For Simon Birch. Isn't he the one who plays the adult version? Is it Jim Carrey? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm like almost positive. Yeah, if not, my memory is totally. <laughs> Have you seen shot. Eternal Sunshine of the Sp- uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, God. you didn't like it. I mean, like it was. I thought it was sad, super sad. Yeah, but I'm not. That doesn't mean I. I did enjoy it, but no. like 
All right, new beef. <laughs> I, 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 it's not something I like. First Kevin Klein, now Jim Carrey. There, there are, I, I do like Kevin Klein, but like, <laughs> there, there are. I, I have a great appreciation for movies that will make me feel things like that. But there are certain movies that are sad or tough to watch in some kind of way that I, I will re- revisit, and some that I won't. Like, when are you ever like having people over and like, let's watch a movie and people are like, <laughs> let's uh. What, let's watch Do the Right Thing. Like, that's an amazing movie, but it's not the kind of movie that you're like, you're yeah. just always like, it's the first thing that pops into yeah. your head. Everybody grab a beer. We're going to go watch this. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. Like, everybody want to cry? Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Okay. But anyway, I want to say one thing that's been like, <laughs> oh no. In my mind. No, no, it's not bad. It just it's been in my mind since uh, how long have we been recording? About an hour. Maybe or like eight. three quarters of the way uh, back. I can't wait to hear what this is. You talked about pay it forward, and you said pay it forward in this like high kid voice, like yeah, oh, pay it forward. And I swear to you, it sounded just like Haley Joel Osment <laughs> from that movie. And I don't know from if it's that. true, but I, like I'm, I can't wait till this gets posted because I'm going to compare <laughs> YouTube clips of Haley Joel Osment saying pay it forward <laughs> and your Is it when he's voice. healthy or is it right after he's been stabbed after saving that kid who's being bullied? Oh, spoilers. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was I saw that movie, movie on a plane back when it was like back when everybody had to watch the same movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, where they were just playing <laughs> the pilot's movie. like I've decided we're watching <laughs> this. Yeah. And I remember just being like as, as soon as he like, you know, got killed or whatever, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me <laughs> you didn't like, pay it forward enough <laughs> yeah i was just looking around the plane like why are you all okay with this yeah. like we just invested like two hours and he fucking dies at the end <laughs> fuck you fuck this whole goddamn movie in a very just senseless brutal yeah. way yeah yeah it's hard it's awful it's awful yeah i was furious at Haley that joel osmond huh it, it ruined him for me to some degree <laughs> Um, all right. <laughs> you, you hold it against him? With yeah. that, let's end the fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where can people see you doing stuff? Uh, well, I am on uh, House Team Weird Cat at, at the Armory. So Friday nights at 930. Uh, I won't tell you which. Where the next time we're on is 15th, um, March 15th. I'm doing 420, the musical experience, uh, every weekend in April, Fridays and Saturday nights. At, uh, at the Crane Theater. Okay. Um, so tickets are on sale now. Would love to see people out for that. I play... Uh, Sort of like the uh, the Scarecrow, Tin Man, a little bit of the Wizard of Oz. It's a little bit, the, the story's a little similar to that. So think about it. It's like Wizard of Oz. No heart, no brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how most people describe <laughs> me, actually. <laughs> um, uh, see, I am also, I'm on a regular, on a sketch comedy podcast um, called Steve Monson's Podcast No Return. If you guys would uh, want to cool. listen to another bunch of comedy stuff, there you go. And uh, finally, the sketch team, the big one at the yeah. Armory. Yeah, we just had our first show, which I thought we had a lot of fun with. Yeah. And our next one is April 11th, I believe. April, maybe. maybe? I thought it was 3rd. April oh. 3rd. No, you're right. It's April 3rd. Yeah. April 3rd. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so yeah, come. check out any of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And probably, as remind me, things I'm forgetting. I'm busy and feel blessed and very happy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This is so yeah. fun. I, I can't believe it's been an hour and 10 minutes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Pay it forward. Pay it no, forward. Don't. No, don't. Don't. No, wait. No, I guess yes. Wait, stop that kid with the bike. <laughs> Is that, is that a knife? <laughs> <laughs>